Let us be attentive. The red one. The Lord is my strength and my song. The Lord has chastened me sorely. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, the God and Father of the Lord Jesus, he who is blessed forever, knows that I do not lie. At Damascus, the governor under King Aretas guarded the city of Damascus in order to seize me. But I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped his hands. <clears throat> I must boast, there is nothing to be gained by it, but I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up in the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man, I will boast, but on my own behalf, I will not boast, except of my weaknesses. Though if I wish to boast, I shall not be a fool, for I shall be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. And to keep me from being too elated by the abundance of revelations, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I besought the Lord about this, that it should leave me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, my power is made perfect in weakness, I will all the more gladly boast of my weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Peace be to you, the reader. according to St. Luke. Let us be attentive. At that time, there came to Jesus a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue, and falling at Jesus' feet, he besought him to come to his house, for he had only an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. As he went, the people pressed around him, 
and a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years and spent all her living upon physicians and could not be healed by anyone, came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment and immediately her flow of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the multitudes surround you and press upon you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone forth from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, a man from the ruler's house came and said, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, do not fear, only believe, and she shall be well. And when he came to the house, he permitted no one to enter with him, except Peter and John and James, and the father and mother of the child. And all were weeping and bewailing her. But he said, Do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called, saying, Child, arise. And her spirit returned, and she got up at once, and he directed that something should be given her to eat. And her parents were amazed. But he charged them to tell no one what had happened. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In the far southeastern reaches of the Aegean Sea, between the islands of Crete and Rhodes, lies a mountainous and wild island called Carpathos. It's an island of sheer precipitous mountain ranges, kind of a Mediterranean version of the Alps. Difficult roads that are nothing but paved mule paths. 
and more goats than there are people. One moonlit night on the island, in a valley beneath a mountain village, a piteous bleeding was heard. A poor lamb crying over and over again. Perhaps lost, separated from mother, but certainly frightened and bewildered and piteous. All night long, that lamb cried and bleated for mercy. When the dawn broke, a shepherd was seen passing through the valley. And the shepherd was calling out to the little lamb with the voice of a sheep. He had, over the years, mastered the ability to cry like a sheep. And he would cry, and the lamb would respond, and he would move closer in search of the lamb. And the lamb would cry out again, bleeding piteously, and the shepherd would cry out in the sheep's voice. And closer and closer and closer they came until finally the sheep, the little lamb, was seen in the shepherd's arms. Now, as witness of these events, I came away with some profound lessons. And I would like to share them with you this morning in the hope that they may enrich and edify you in your faith. First of all, I couldn't help but thinking of the wonderful parable of Jesus that's found in Luke 15. I'll read that to you. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to Jesus to hear him, and the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So Jesus spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine just persons who need no repentance. What's so enriching about that parable is not only what it tells us, but the way Jesus tells it to us. In simple terms, from a real situation that he must have witnessed just as I did. 
how blessed we are that we have a Lord who doesn't speak jargon, who doesn't require theological niceties, but who understands that the most profound truths of God are contained in the simple lessons of life that each and every one of us can witness every day in our lives and can reflect on them and can see that putting next to that simple story can come a profound truth. And I've come to realize that it's not just what Jesus said, but the way he said it. He didn't come out prating his knowledge, his background, his long standing in the religious tradition of his people. He came speaking that the kingdom of God was at hand, and he described that kingdom in parables. If you would like to learn more about the way Jesus spoke, I would encourage you to think about coming to our Saturday morning Bible class where we are undertaking the study of the parables with the understanding that the most profound truths of God can be found in the simple and direct words of Jesus. I also came to understand that although it is certainly the case as we witness in the gospel and the epistle today that God often comes in profound revelations and visions and heavenly ascents. Paul describes that. He experienced that himself. And that Christ can come performing great miracles like the, door, like the raising of the daughter of Jairus. God comes that way. The scriptures witness to it. But the scriptures also witness to another reality as well. We may never be ascended into heaven like Paul was. We may never witness a certain sparkling miracle can't God speak to us in other ways as well? Perhaps in simple, quiet ways? Every time we think or we read in the Gospels or in the Epistles about these great miracles, miraculous happenings, I think we should think about putting next to this, this story from the prophet Elijah, who was fleeing the wrath of Ahab and Jezebel. Behold, the word of the Lord came to Elijah and said to him, Elijah, what are you doing here? He was hiding in a mountain cave. And Elijah said, I have been very zealous for the Lord Almighty since the children of Israel have forsaken you 
They've torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then the Lord replied, Go out tomorrow and stand on the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord will pass by. And before the Lord, a great powerful wind will be rending the mountains and shattering the rocks. But the Lord will not be in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord will not be in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there will be a fire. But the Lord will not be in the fire. But after the fire, there will be a sound of a gentle breeze. And the Lord will be there. Lord can come to you in a gentle breeze, in a quiet moment, when you're least expecting it, and most hopeful for it. There is nothing more profound than the simple blowing breeze of the Spirit of God that pervades all things, even the simple daily things of our lives. And that shepherd called out to the sheep in the sheep's own words, just as our incarnate Lord took on the form of a man so that he could call to us in a way we would understand. He's calling now, simply and quietly, to each and every one of us. And may the Lord who spoke in parables, may the Lord who speaks in the gentle breeze of the Spirit, fill our hearts with his wisdom, his joy, and his love, now and ever, to the ages of ages. Amen. Please rise.